the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. This is the Georgine Rice Show. My name is Mike Lee, filling in for Georgine, and I'm happy to serve as Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM, La Patrona, 1640, 93.1 El Rey, and 104.1 The Fish. And I'm also privileged to host our ministry spotlight program, Difference Makers, which airs at 1 p.m. Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays on True Talk 800, and also Saturday afternoons at 1 on 93.9 KPDQ. I'd love to talk with you about getting more people back to your church, sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and our church service live stream directory, Expanding your ministry or business beyond your walls, becoming known as an authority in your field, and getting more known on the radio. Building awareness of your brand or outreach by hosting our events at no risk to you. And most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or a connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. And what I'd like you to do right now is mark off some dates on your calendar, and they would be October 8th and 9th because it's the latest Fall Apologetics Conference Tethered to the Truth, sponsored by our friends at the Ambassadors Forum. So welcome, host of the Ambassadors Forum, Roy Swart. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mike. Always a pleasure to have you here. And it's been too long. It's so easy to do things remotely, especially with all that's <laughs> gone on with the pandemic. Yes. I have a special place in my heart for just meeting with people face-to-face. So thanks for driving across town for today's interview. (laughs) Absolutely. And if Roy's voice sounds familiar, it's because he hosts a radio program, and it's every Saturday morning at 9.30 for an apologetic talk on True Talk 800 AM, also simulcast on our FM translator at 106.3 in Vancouver and East Portland. It's the Ambassador's Forum radio show. You'll hear an Ambassador's Forum representative talk about defending your faith and making God known as he is. You can also listen online at truetalk800.com, and I'll post all of the pertinent links on the Difference Makers page right there. So, Roy, it's been a little while now, so how have you enjoyed being a radio host? (laughs) I had no idea what I was getting into, Mike. I think it was about a year and a half we were sitting in in this studio and you said, hey, we were doing a commercial for our conference that year. And afterwards, you came up to me and you said, Roy, you've got a message that needs to be heard. It needs to be heard by our culture. It sure needs to be heard by our kids. What do you think about doing a radio show? And I was uh, naive enough to say, yeah, (laughs) why not? I'll jump in. It has been such a pleasure, Mike, to learn about myself and learn about, you know, a new format in the form of a radio program. And 
probably the most encouraging thing has been hearing from people, the listeners, who have found us on the radio or been referred to by their friends and have people walk up to me and say, oh my goodness, I've heard you on the radio. I love your show. I can't wait to hear about this and that. It's been, uh, I had no idea it would be such an encouragement um, to be on this side of it. It's such a welcome addition to our lineup at True Talk 800. So thank you, Roy, for the Ambassadors Forum and all of the wonderful stories that you've been sharing on a week-to-week <laughs> basis. Sure. Yeah, it's I, I, I plan a little bit for the radio show, but then I try and just let it be kind of a natural thing, what's on my heart that week or what the person that I'm interviewing, what their passion or expertise is. And so... It's it's kind of funny. I was actually doing my own editing for a long time, and so I would record the show, and then for those of you who have done any kind of thing in radio, it takes a long time to edit the show, and so I was actually listening to my own show two or three or four times, and it really just made me think about the message that I was giving, and there is so much truth, especially in the in the form of apologetics in the Christian faith. There is so much truth that you you do need to digest over and over and over again. You need to hear it. You need to think about it. You need to challenge it. And so I was actually benefiting from listening to my own show that I created <laughs> just by digesting that material over and over again. And I realized, boy, this is this is really a deep, rich topic. And um, it... it, it it benefits uh, a lot of people and uh, gives a lot of people a lot of uh, truth and and learning and really hope for the challenges that they're facing because they feel equipped with you know what the Bible has to say on a lot of different topics. So, Roy, do you think that we, meaning the mainstream American church, have been failing our kids when it comes to giving them a strong enough foundation that they can stand alone on their faith? without having to have fear about what the world thinks. So I'm glad you asked me that, Mike. I, I'm always very careful in passing judgment on other people because I know that I've made plenty of mistakes as a dad and as a husband and as a ministry leader. And so do I think the church has, has failed in this area? I have an opinion, but let me share a few facts with you, and that is— 60 to 70% of kids in the church, and these are good kids. They come from strong churches. They're active in their youth group, come from healthy families. 60 to 70% of the kids in the church are walking away from their faith in high school and college. And, and there's so many studies. One of the people that have done a great job compiling all of these studies from the Barna Group and the Pew Center and lots of different survey organizations. You can compile all of these studies. Some of the data is a little bit different, but overall they agree two-thirds of the kids are walking away from their faith. I look at that and I say we we have to be failing. Something has gone very wrong in the church if two-thirds of the kids in good churches are walking away from their faith in high school and college. You, you dig into it a little bit deeper and you find 90%, you know, again, all of the, we have um, links on our website, theambassadorsforum.com, um, to some of these studies. 90% of the kids in the church don't have a biblical worldview. 
They don't understand what the Bible says about the big questions, the big topics in life. Who am I? Where did I come from? Why does the world seem broken? How does it get fixed? 90% of the kids don't have a way to look at the world that is founded on the Bible. And then the, the third statistic I'll share today is perhaps the most discouraging, and that is up to 90% of the pastors think that this isn't a problem in their church. And so they say, you know what, those other people, they might not be doing it right, but but we're doing a great job. And then you get in, you, you talk to the families, the, the parents, the grandparents in those churches, and you say, what's going on? And they and it's it's been a little bit discouraging, Mike, to hear all of the stories from concerned aunts and uncles, friends, parents, grandparents, and say, yeah, two, two of our kids walked away from the faith. Our grandson, who was really zealous for the Lord, ended up just completely walking away, won't have anything to do with God. And so the, 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 the downside is I do think it's a reality. I think something has gone wrong. The hope, the hope is, the good news is, I think it can be corrected. I think there's a lot that we can do to fix the problem, but we're in, we're in a tough spot as the American church for sure. The Fall Apologetics Conference 2021 from the Ambassadors Forum is tethered to the truth, featuring Dr. Sean McDowell, Neil Shenvey, Elizabeth Urbanowitz, and Roy Swart. And that'll be October 8th and 9th. Register for this online conference now completely free at the website, theambassadorsforum.com. That's theambassadorsforum.com. More with Roy Swart of the Ambassadors Forum next on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back to The Georgine Rice Show. Mike Lee filling in for Georgine with Roy Swart, the host of the Ambassadors Forum radio program, heard on True Talk at 100 and 106.3 FM every Saturday morning at 9.30. So, Roy, do you think this has been a gradual slippage of youth coming out of even solid churches, or has it been like this for a while? Do you think it was any bit of a tipping point in history? Is there anything that you might relate to these numbers? So I'm not the expert, <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you a, a little bit of information based on the research that I've done. A lot of it goes back to the information revolution, the internet, because all of us – so. When you and I grew up and we had a question, we'd go ask somebody and they'd say, go to the library or read a book or whatever. And there was a, a big activation energy to go get knowledge. It wasn't just at our fingertips three seconds later. We are in a different world today. We are in a world where somebody asks you a question and kids have questions. You know, God made kids to be curious and inquisitive. So they ask questions, and if they don't feel like they get a good answer, they are three seconds away from a search on the internet or through their phone or social media, and they can get a thousand other opinions right at their fingertips. So I think what we've we may have gotten a little bit complacent and saying, "Hey, we might not have the best answers, but they're good enough." Well, good enough is not good enough anymore. We need to have solid really well thought out answers for our kids' questions that are rooted in the Bible. 
And so I, if there's one thing I would point to, it's the fact that there's so much information available to kids today. If they don't get a good answer, they're three seconds away from a whole bunch of other different opinions. So do you think that the average youth is concerned about the quality of the answer that they're getting <laughs> or just, oh, that must be it? What is that confirmation bias? You flip through enough stores until one of them agrees with what you had already thought. <laughs> that must be the true one, right? So I'll give you my, the perspective. So I have seven kids. Lots of them are teenagers. Um, so I, I live this every single day. And what I've found is even kids who have been taught Bible stories and gone to church and active in their youth group, what they do is they look at the phone and they, they, they scroll through a few things. And if something is well packaged, it's very attractive. And so they might say, you know what? And I've gone through hundreds of memes with my kids and they'll show they'll they'll text it to me or they'll show me around the dinner table or whatever and they'll say dad i know there's something wrong with this but i can't quite see what it is and i'll look at it and it's beautiful and it's well laid out and it's very attractive format and then i'll think about it and i'll say aha <laughs> there is a worldview here there is some kind of message that they're giving that is actually contrary to the Bible, but it's been very well disguised and it's hidden and it's underneath and you have to think about it and dig, but here it is. And once I show them, they're like, oh my goodness, it pops off the page and they're like, I can't believe I missed that. And so I, I do think with clever marketing and and design and engaging images, you can you can shroud uh, the deceptive anti-God worldview underneath. And a lot of kids just aren't trained to, to look for those things and recognize it and feel uncomfortable. They're like, like I said, even a lot of adults, they'll look at something and a lot of times they'll say, I know something's wrong, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Enter the Ambassadors Forum and your event coming up. And you've held these annually. They used to be in person. Yes. However, this year is going to be online exclusively. Is, is that correct? Correct. We, we, we had them, you know, before COVID and the, the world turning upside down, it was 100% in person. Last year, we did a kind of a hybrid of some in person and some online. This year, it was just so crazy. We had to plan ahead and we decided a few months ago, it's just going to be all online. So this will be 100% virtual, but it's 100% free. So anybody can can come. And we've actually had registrations from across the country. Even inter- a lot of people internationally are seeing what we're doing and saying, hey, the fact that it's all virtual is good for me because now I can participate 100%. I know what a learning curve I personally had to go through teaching a class <laughs> as an adjunct at Corbin when – the university was shut down more than half of the weeks of class, so I had to do it by Zoom. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Roy, but for me personally, when I say something that I think is amusing or witty and I hear nothing <laughs> coming back, it's really disconcerting. Yeah. And there was, oh, wait, they're all on mute like I told them to be. So, never mind. Maybe it's not me. Maybe the Wi-Fi is not down. Yes. Maybe it's just adjusting to this world. So yeah. if you had to pick, you're, you present so very, very well in person at the conferences Thank I've been you. able to attend. Thank you. Have you picked up any tricks of the trade or have you adjusted or actually preferred anything in an online form versus in front of people? That's a great question. So um, I am a very 
you know, in-person person. I, 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 like today I drove over across town to be with you in the studio because to me it's so much more engaging than over Zoom or through the computer. So do I prefer anything about the online no. <laughs> the, 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 the simple answer is no. The fact that a lot of people can receive the content, that's a good thing. But as a presenter, I am way more engaged when there's people there. As far as a tip or a trick that we do is we actually put a few people in the room while we're presenting. So you at least have some human feedback. Like you said, you tell something funny, you're expecting at least some a smile. And if you have nothing... It, it can be difficult as a speaker to overcome that. But if you have one or two people in there and one of them cracks a smile or one of them makes eye contact, that kind of lets you know that you're on the right track. So that's one of the things that we do. It's not an unusual statement that you've made, Roy. I've met plenty of people who are so good at presenting in person that when they're in front of the microphone with no one else in the building, <laughs> it messes with their yes, energy level. Exactly. So sometimes they'll ask someone to just sit in the corner. Exactly. So yep. they can have a face to look at. Yep, we do that all the time. <laughs> I'm Mike Lee with the host of the Ambassadors Forum radio program heard on True Talk at 100 and 106.3 FM every Saturday morning at 9.30. It's an apologetics talk, and now they're hosting a conference. So, Roy, would you like to give us the big picture about the Ambassadors Forum's Fall Apologetics Conference 2021? Yes, Mike. So it starts on October 8th, which is a Friday. It starts at 6 p.m., we have a couple of plenary talks that evening. We end at 8 o'clock, and then we go all day Saturday. We start at 9 a.m., and we go till 5. And there will be several plenaries throughout the day on Saturday, and then also 15 different breakout sessions that you can get very deep and and close to the material with on Saturday. And so there's, you, if you go to the website, theambassadorsforum.com, I think there's six plenary sessions that everybody will do together. And then, like I said, 15 different breakout sessions on a whole host of topics. Science, the reliability of the Bible, Mormonism, um, just a whole, a whole bunch of different topics. And what's what we found really engaging, Mike, is it's great to listen to content, whether it's on a podcast or on the radio or at a big conference, but where people really start to engage with the apologetics material is when they can ask questions and they can have a dialogue with the speaker. And so in our breakout sessions, they're an hour long, we usually do about 30 minutes of presentation by the speaker and then 30 minutes of open Q&A back and forth, back and forth. And what we found in all of our conferences is people say that's the best part of the conference. I didn't quite understand what was going on and then I asked a question and then the speaker was able to engage with me directly and so You've got to go to those breakout sessions, ask your questions, engage with the speakers. This is what they do for a living. It's what they're passionate about. It's what they're good at. And so, so many people have really felt equipped by that, that kind of live interaction. The Fall Apologetics Conference 2021 from the Ambassadors Forum is tethered to the truth, featuring Dr. Sean McDowell. Neil Shenvey, Elizabeth Urbanowitz, and Roy Swart, and that'll be October 8th and 9th. 
Register for this online conference now completely free at the website, theambassadorsforum.com. That's theambassadorsforum.com. When we return, more with Roy Swart of the Ambassadors Forum on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Sitting in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee with Roy Swart of the Ambassadors Forum. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them, but I've <laughs> known some people that I've taken Crown Financial classes with. So my wife and I go, it's like, Lord, how can we get out of boatloads of debt and, and, and stay afloat? But I've actually met devout Christians who said, Lord, you blessed us with so much. How would you want us to steward it? Okay, so let's just say someone listening right now has wanted to make a contribution to something to help out the kingdom of God and would like to help you out with your radio ministry, the Ambassadors Forum, and or this apologetic conference, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Great question. Email us at info at theambassadorsforum.com. That'll go to all the leadership of the ministry and we'll be able to answer the email. We've grown faster than we expected to, Mike, and we kind of feel like we're a little bit underwater. The next thing that we need to get in place is a, a, a nice, easy way for people to give to the ministry because it has been surprising to us. I'll get strangers come up to me and say, I listen to you on the radio. It's my favorite, you know, thing on Saturday morning. And so thank you. I tell all my friends and we love what you're doing and how can we give? And I say, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> so we're trying to fix that. So for now, write us at info at the ambassadorsforum.com and there's somebody who can help you work that. I'm so tickled to hear that. Roy Swart, host of the Ambassadors Forum. And one more time, that email address is info at the ambassadorsforum.com. Saturday morning is at 9.30 on True Talk 800. Roy Swart hosts the Ambassadors Forum. So, Roy, for people who might be newer to the area, can you give us your elevator pitch? What exactly is the Ambassadors Forum radio program? Well, it grew out of our apologetics ministry. And apologetics is basically, in its simplest form, apologetics is equipping Christians to know and defend their faith. And so we started by teaching high school youth groups. We did a couple of conference conferences, and eventually people said, you know what, why don't you get this out on the radio? And conferences are once a year. Maybe we might speak at a couple of chapels per year. And we, th- we thought, all right, what if we were on the radio every single week giving out this message? We'd, we'd, meet, we'd reach a lot more people, and we'd do it at a, a regular enough cadence that people could whet their appetite and say, I want to keep doing this all the time. And so it's been really great over the last year doing the radio show. We've had so much, as I said before the break, a lot of people have been really encouraged and come up to us and said, I listen to it every week. I've forwarded it to all my friends. And so it's been a really neat way to get the message out in a different kind of format that we weren't using before. I'm so grateful, Roy, that you followed through and you were able to launch the Ambassadors Forum here on True Talk 800 and 106.3 FM, our translator. And I think people will get a kick out of being reminded of where you came from in the first place. So. An Oregon boy? <laughs> yep, yep. I was born in La Grande, Oregon. So those of you who know Eastern Oregon, 
Uh, it's northeastern Oregon, and so I, I grew up there, then moved across the state line to eastern Washington, and grew up in a small community um, outside of the Tri-Cities in eastern Washington, and then um, got saved my senior year in high school, so lived kind of a, a quite a rebellious um, teenage, early teenage years. I got saved and God led me to go to an engineering school called MIT on the East Coast. And so um, all my, I had never been east of, I think, Montana uh, before I went all the way to Boston for school. And so it was, I was kind of like a deer in the headlights for about a year. <laughs> did I ever tell you I flunked out of engineering? No. <laughs> I did. Well, if you're less familiar with this, let this New York boy tell you that MIT stands for the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. As good to engineering as, say, maybe Juilliard or Berkeley would be for a musician. Yes. Or on the West Coast, perhaps, what it would be. And Stanford and Caltech are usually the The cream ones. of the crop yeah. when it comes to engineering yeah. schools. yeah. When you say that you got saved in your senior year of high school, was that a gradual process? Was it like a light bulb moment? What led you to Jesus? <laughs> that is a long story, Mike, and I'm not sure. Um, I will try and give you my elevator pitch. I've given people my elevator pitch over coffee. And so if this is friends over coffee, uh, we'll go for it. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly how it, it, it pitches on the radio, but... Um, I was a <clears throat> very troubled teen. Be- I, looking back, you know, you kind of look back with hindsight of 2020. Um, I knew that I didn't know God. I, I knew enough about God. I, I went to Catholic church a little bit as a kid. Uh, all, nev- didn't like the sermons, didn't like the priest, didn't like anything about it, but learned a little bit about God. And so I, I knew enough about God to know that he was real but also enough about myself to know that I didn't want him telling me what to do. And so that created a lot of tension, made me a very unhappy person. What do people do when they're, you know, they they medicate. So I medicated. Even in middle school, I started drinking. In high school, I started doing drugs. And so I ended up in a very, very bad, bad place, doing a lot of things that I'm ashamed of today, but God is merciful and he's forgiven me. Yes, he is. No matter what we've done, what we've been, what incredibly poor choices we've made, he is faithful, and there's no one who's beyond his redemption. Amen. Amen. So I found myself in that place my senior year of high school. I was with some other friends who were doing all the same really bad things that I was doing. And it's a very long story, but on one night, we basically ended up getting into a really bad situation with some very dark spiritual things and at the end of the night kind of after midnight 2 a.m we we got to the point where we realized we've really made some very bad choices tonight even to the point of where i you know tried to kill myself at the end of this one of my friends said you know what roy we've been playing games for years and we we, we've got to do something. This is so far out of our control. So to make a long story short, we ended up finding a pastor that night. 
We were on his doorstep. We knocked on his door. 2 a.m. He comes to the thing and is like, what in the world are these teenage boys doing on my doorstep in the middle of the night? And we said, hey, Pastor Mel, one of them knew him from a childhood experience. He said, hey, Pastor Mel, we've gotten into some really bad stuff and we can't get out of it. Can you help? And and he invited us into his home. We sat around his um living room table he he gave us all bibles and he started just reading places where jesus delivered people and 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 saved people and at the end of the night i said you know what pastor mel you know i don't know if you can get me out of this but if you can i would do anything and he said roy i can't save you but i know someone who can and I was like, okay, well, let's go to his house, <laughs> you know, get him up, let's in the drag him out here. <laughs> and, and he said, he said, Roy, Jesus Christ can, can deliver you from the bondage that you are in tonight, right now. Do you want to accept him as your Lord and Savior? And I was like, of course. And so anyway, the, long story short, all three of us ended up getting saved that night, completely transformed. We went back to high school. Nobody recognized this. They're like, you are not the people that were into all of these really bad things. What in the world happened to you? We ended up making a Bible study. I think half the high school came because they just wanted to hear the story of like, what happened to these people? We all knew them. I remember this one uh, she ended up becoming a very good friend of mine, and she said later, after I became a Christian, I remember she came up to me and she said, Roy, I hated you more than anybody else on the planet. You were so mean. You were terrible. I despised you. And when you became a Christian, it, it blew my mind. I had no idea how that worked. And she ended up becoming saved a few years later. And so anyway, we had a, a great chance to give our testimony and to tell everybody about the amazing work that God had done. I went to college and just kind of continued to share, you know, the gospel every chance I got and to share the testimony and the story of God working in my life. I love your story, Roy Swart. I'm Mike Lee sitting in for Georgine. More with Roy Swart of the Ambassadors Forum next on the Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Thanks so much for joining us on the Georgine Rice Show. Filling in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee with Roy Swart of the Ambassadors Forum. Question for you. Earlier on, you mentioned that approximately two-thirds of kids raised in good evangelical churches walk away from the faith. Yes. How was your parents' relationship with God when they were dragging you to the Catholic Church as a child? Great question. So I tell people that I grew up in a divided home. So my mom was a Christian. She went to Catholic church. Uh, her story, just in 15 seconds, she grew up in an extremely small farming community in northern Washington, you know, a few hundred people in her town. Uh, and the only church in that area was a Catholic church. So when she you know, was growing up and she honestly uh, wanted to serve the Lord and give her life to God, she didn't have a choice of Catholic or Protestant or Lutheran or whatever. It was just if you got saved in that area, you went to the Catholic Church. So her whole life was growing up in the Catholic Church and she went faithfully. She loved God. She read the Bible. She, she did everything she could to serve God. 
My dad, on the other hand, was completely the opposite. He, he wanted nothing to do with God, very hard-hearted towards him. And so I grew up in a divided home, and unfortunately, that, that picture of my parents not being on the same page towards God absolutely left an imprint on me. And so I kind of sided with my dad about, you know, mocking my mom and saying, ah, only, only weak people go to church. Only people, you know, my dad was really, really intelligent. And so he would sometimes in, in some of his non-better days, you know, would really come down on my mom and say, you're just, you know, I'm too smart for this and you're going there as a crutch and all, all the normal things everybody hears. And so that actually left a huge imprint on me and, and I wanted nothing to do with God for a long time. And so when I did go to church with my mom, it was, you know, kicking and screaming. I never, I, I heard what the person was saying, but I guarded my heart and my mind and said, I don't want any of that stuff to land on me. My best friend back in New York started the altar ministry at our church. And anytime someone wanted to join the team, if they came up with a reason like, oh, well, I want to save people, he would have to very quickly correct them. You don't save anybody, (laughs) right? You might pray alongside them, but it is Jesus Christ alone and what he has already done. Amen. That's the only way that we receive his salvation. Amen. So I think about the examples that you've talked about today, Roy. You talked about your dad being somewhat mocking of your mom's faith and how that left an impression on your young heart. Yes. But you also talked about your classmate in high school who detested you and saw (laughs) such a difference in your life that your example, going from a non-Christian to a believer, won her over. Yes. To Jesus. Yes. And then I think about that poor pastor you woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> who was ready for you. Absolutely. Or maybe he wasn't. Absolutely. But he followed through. Absolutely. And then I think, well, what can we do as spouses, as parents, as neighbors, as churchgoers, as people bumping into others at the grocery store or at a karaoke bar to invite yeah. them to join us at church? Yeah. What can we do to be the good example versus being the bad one. What practical steps would you suggest? I mean, obviously, the ambassador's forum is one way because it's giving people a solid foundation to be able to debate the things that this world throws at them. Yes. I'll give my answer and then I'll give a story from my dad's life to to illustrate it. My answer is, you said, what can we do as parents? Be ready to engage with your kids wherever they are. The example I'll give is after I became a Christian and I was just on fire for God all the time. My dad and I had had a very good relationship. We both loved cars and so we actually rebuilt engines together and and just he watched me play all in my soccer games. So we had a very very close relationship. When when I became an absolute on fire Christian, it 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 bothered him. And so I remember there was one night we're at the kitchen table and he said, Roy, you know, I don't mind if you want to become a Christian. Okay. You can go to church with your mom. You know, she goes every week, but she only goes once a week. You're starting to go two, three times a week. And all you ever do is read the Bible. All you ever talk about is Jesus. He's like, you're in a cult or something. This is ridiculous. If you kind of want to have a little bit of God in your life, that's fine. But, but this is, you've taken this too far. 
And so I'm sitting here listening, and he gets to his final point. He said, you have a choice. He said, you can either give up on this fanatic religious version of of Christianity that you've fallen into, or you can get out of my house. And I said, well, I said, Dad, I love you. I'll always love you. But after what God has done for me, I can never turn my back on him. So if that means I got to get out of the house, I'll get out of the house. And so I went downstairs, packed my bags, was walking out the door, and he kind of caught me by the shoulder and said, all right, you can stay. (laughs) And then what happened happened after that is the part I want to focus on. My dad was now open to, there was something going on in my life and in my heart, and he wanted to know more. And so he and I started talking. I started reading the Bible to him. I started praying for him. Long story short, a couple of years later, my dad got saved because of the change that he saw in my life. I believe it was two things. One, he saw a change in my life that he couldn't explain. And two, he saw a conviction and a courage to stand up for my faith that was undeniable. If I would have just caved and said, oh, yeah, you're right, Dad. It's kind of a fad thing. No problem. I'll give it up. Then he would have said, eh, that's not that impressive. But the fact that I was willing to leave my house and leave you know, th- this close relationship with my dad because I was so committed to Christ, that made an impact on him. So I would say, wherever your kids are, engage with them there. If they, if you see something great in their life, follow up with them. If you see them, you know, God working in their life, find out more about that and be open to God working in your heart through your kids. Great wisdom and advice from Roy Swart, MIT trained engineer, and he's also the host of the Ambassadors Forum every Saturday morning at 9.30 on True Talk at 100 AM and 106.3 FM. And Roy, would you like to give one more elevator pitch about your fall apologetics conference? Yeah, so if you're a Christian who either has your own questions or people are asking you questions about your faith, you need to go to this conference. Apologetics is equipping Christians to better know their own faith and better defend that faith to their friends and family. And so the conference is Friday, October 8th, starting at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., and Saturday, October 9th, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can register at theambassadorsforum.com, theambassadorsforum.com. It's totally virtual this year and totally free. So sign up, and I guarantee you, you will be blessed. Rory, thanks so much for spending time out of your busy schedule to share not only through your radio ministry of the Ambassadors Forum, but through this wonderful conference, completely free and completely online this year. And I'll leave up all the pertinent links on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So on our way out, Roy Swart, is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout out to? <laughs> yeah, so of course, my wife, Holly, and uh, my kids, Jackie, Stephen, Marianne, Ruthie, Caleb, Katie Marie, and Ellie. You guys know that your earthly Abba loves you, and you know that your heavenly Abba loves you even more. I'm sure that they do. Fall Apologetics Conference 2021, tethered to the truth from the Ambassadors Forum. All the details at theambassadorsforum.com. And thank you so much for listening 
to difference makers. I'm sure that they do. Fall Apologetics Conference 2021, tethered to the truth from the Ambassadors Forum. All the details at theambassadorsforum.com. Always a pleasure to hang out with my pal Roy Swart of the Ambassadors Forum. Filling in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee. And coming up next, Pastor Michael Fields of A Word for Life on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. This is The Georgine Rice Show. I'm Mike Lee filling in for Georgine. And I'm also privileged to host our ministry spotlight program, Difference Makers, 1 p.m., Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays on True Talk 800, and also Saturday afternoons at 1 on 93.9 KPDQ. If your pastor or ministry leader could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or a connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Our very special guest is the host of A Word for Life, heard Sunday mornings at 7.30 on True Talk 800 and 106.3 FM in East Portland and Vancouver. Welcome, Pastor Michael Fields. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing well myself. Thanks so much for joining us in the midst of your busy schedule. And you've been on True Talk 800 since October of 2019, but we're not your first foray into radio because we were actually tipped off about A Word for Life from Chuck Olmsted, who served for many years as the director of local ministries at KGNW in Seattle. So when did radio ministry begin for you, Pastor Michael? We began in ministry, radio ministry, um, probably about 2018, 20, maybe 2017. Um, the Lord kind of laid on our hearts to uh, branch out into radio. Uh, now, we had never done anything like that before, and I had no idea as to how to even start. Um, and so we, the Lord just kind of directed us to contact uh, Chuck Olmsted, contact uh, the radio station there here in Seattle, um, just to ask about the possibility of us getting on the radio. Um, Chuck was kind enough to meet with us and, and you know, kind enough to give us an opportunity and so we recorded uh, one of our services, um, a, r- a very, very rough recording of one of our services. Um, and we took it up there and he saw something, heard something in it that said, we, th- we can do something with this. So with a lot of coaching and, and encouragement on their part, uh, we started our radio ministry. Um, and we've been going now since that time up, to, up until the present day. So Pastor Michael, Give us the big picture about your radio ministry, A Word for Life, heard here in Portland, Sunday mornings at 7.30 on True Talk 800. What's the show about? The show was about Jesus Christ. The show was about uh, trying to either introduce people to Jesus or encourage those that know Jesus already as their Savior, as their Lord, to encourage them in their walk. Uh, Right now, our culture is going through so many different things, and the church is going through so many different things. Um, and encouragement is needed, but not just encouragement. I think uh, clear teaching is needed also. Um, right now, you have so many different messages going out, all claiming to be Christian, all claiming to be Bible-based. And so what we try to do uh, through A Word for Life is give clear biblical teaching. Um, I try to walk people through the scriptures. I, I try not to go to a lot of different places and, and try to tie a lot of scriptures together. I try to take one text and then I may go to other texts to substantiate what I'm saying from that text. But I just try to stay with one text 
and walk people through the scriptures, giving a clear understanding of what the Word of God actually really says. Well, that's wonderful. So give us a little bit of background about yourself, Pastor Michael. Where did you grow up in the first place? I was originally born uh, in uh, Georgia. My parents, my dad was in the military, so uh, we traveled around quite a bit. Um, my parents are originally from Mississippi. Um, my dad got stationed up at, uh, back then it wasn't Joint Base Lewis-McCord, it was just Fort Lewis at that time. He got stationed up in here in the Northwest, and he liked uh, being up here. He liked uh, all that this had to offer. So once he got out of the military, he moved our family up here to the Pacific Northwest, and I've been up here ever since. Grown up in Tacoma, went to school in Tacoma, and been here ever since. So tell us about your church. Our church's name is the Word of Life Bible Fellowship. We're located in Tacoma, Washington. Um, our address is uh, 1024 East 34th Street here in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, we're a small congregation. Uh, we're a loving congregation. Um, and we just love Jesus, love people, and just try to share the Word of God with that many, as many people as we possibly can. Well, that's wonderful, Pastor Michael. Are you affiliated with any particular fellowship or denomination? Our denomination that we're a part of is the Church of God in Christ, um, and, and and we're a part of that denomination, but more more to the point of we're just trying to tell people about Jesus. We don't really try to hold to a lot of denominational things. I know sometimes denominations can be a hindrance to some people, um, you know, because they, they, they don't agree with certain things. Um, we are a spirit-led church. We are a spirit-filled church. Um, but we, we believe in the working of the Holy Spirit. But we also believe in solid biblical teaching, um, and so we we're kind of we're we're denom we're associated with that denomination, but I don't want to I don't try to link us so much to that. Um, I just try to say you know we just love the Lord, and we're trying to help people come to know the Lord in a saving way, and come to help people grow in their relationship with the Lord. So in a nutshell, Pastor Michael, the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is simply all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus Christ. Um, I think that. As I said earlier, um, we're in a day and time where there needs, we need to have a clear understanding of who Jesus really is and, and what, he has, what he can do for people, uh, the difference he can make in people's lives, um, the change he can bring in, into people's lives. Um, and so we're really trying to help people come to understand that, come to experience that for themselves, and then grow in that relationship, you know, become not just... Uh, not just believers in Jesus, but true disciples of Jesus, and then go out and be able to make disciples of other people. I love it, Pastor Michael Fields. So now that you've got a few years under your belt on the radio, do you find that you do things differently from before the time you had launched A Word for Life? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, it was a, a steep learning curve uh, because before uh, we started the radio ministry, uh, when I would preach, I would basically just preach to the people that are in the congregation. Um, but once we started the radio ministry, I quickly realized that, you know, people on the radio can't see my hand gestures. People on the radio can't see my facial expressions. And so I had to learn how to communicate um, more clearly so that even people that aren't seeing me can understand what I'm saying. And so uh, it was, it was a, a steep learning curve. I had to kind of readjust and basically relearn how to preach. You know, by the time we started our radio ministry, I'd been preaching for a good 15, 20 years. And so um, it, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a learning experience, and I'm still learning. 
I'm still learning. There's still things that I don't know. There's still things that I can improve upon. So it's just an ongoing process of trying to do what the Lord has called me to do, but do it to the best of the ability that God gives me to have. I love the humility that you show, despite the fact that you are a lead pastor, Michael, because as a lifelong learner, you're never quite done till you get to heaven. And not that we're wishing that anytime soon, <laughs> mind you, but you're not done yet. You haven't made it in your own heart. So I love the oh. fact that you're going to bring your congregation along with you, discipling them and mentoring Absolutely. them to say that until we're Absolutely. on the other side of glory, we haven't quite made it yet. And our time on this earth is limited. So we need to use our resources to the best of our abilities, including getting to know the word of God better and better and better. So thanks for what you do on Absolutely. the radio. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, we're, like you said, we're lifelong learners and, and, you know, the, the moment you think that you've reached it or you've got it or you know it all, that's probably a time where you need to kind of take a step back and reevaluate things. We're, 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 we're consistently, I'm consistently try, trying to ask the Lord, how can I do this differently? What am I missing? Is there something I can do better? Because my desire um, is to be the, 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 the person that God has asked me to be, you know, the person he's responsibility of serving this ministry do it to the best of the ability he allows me to have. Amen to that, Michael Fields. Mike Lee here, sitting in for Georgine, and more with Pastor Michael Fields next on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back to The Georgine Rice Show. I'm Mike Lee, in for Georgine, and Pastor Michael Fields is the host of the radio ministry of Word for Life, Sunday mornings at 7.30 on True Talk 800. Join Pastor Michael Fields and the good people of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship in their new location. They meet at 9 a.m. for Sunday school and 10.30 for the main service at 1024 East 34th Street in Tacoma, Washington, right by Rogers Elementary School. Find out more at their website, awordforlife.com. That's awordforlife.com. So was the house you grew up in a Christian household? Were you regular churchgoers? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, my mother was an uh, Advent churchgoer. She, she's always been a part of the church. I, you know, She's gone to be with the Lord now. Um, but I cannot remember a time in my life where my mother was not a part of a church in some capacity. My father, on the other hand, my dad, um, he didn't come to know the Lord until actually he came to know the Lord after I came to know the Lord. I, I became a follower of Jesus. And then he had a, a experience, a life experience that the Lord used to draw him. So then he became a follower of the Lord. But by that time I was an, I was 21 years old. And so my, my dad came to know the Lord after I did. You know, and the Lord blessed at, you know, sometime later on down the road, once I started pastoring, I was, I had the privilege and the opportunity of being able to serve them as their pastor for a number of years. They came and joined the church after I had got started. So I, I thank God for that opportunity. Um, but I, I grew up in a, 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 a Christian home, a church going home. Um, but as I said, my dad was, he, 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 you know, supported us going to church, but he never attended with us. You know, he was still, you know, doing things in a, you know, in a different way. And so it was kind of a mix. I had a little bit of a mix. It's amazing what a praying parent, in, in, in my opinion, a praying mother in particular, can do for her kids 
no matter where they are in life. There's just something special about yes. a praying mom. So I'm so glad that your mother's yes. influence on you, Pastor Michael, was so deep. And eventually that your yes. dad also came to know the Lord. So in yes. your case, was there a period of time that you gradually came to accept Jesus? Was it a light bulb moment? Is there a, a time or a place where you knew that your faith was your own as opposed to your mom's? Yeah. Um, I, there, throughout my, as I, as I started to grow older and, you know, got towards, you know, a being a, a, a quote unquote full adult, um, the Lord began to do different things to kind of get my attention. I had a number of different experiences where the Lord just kind of spoke to me and kind of kind of was dealing with my heart, dealing with my my conscience about different things. I still was living an unsaved life. I still was involved in a lot of things that I tell people that I serve at the church. I openly talk to them about how I used to live prior to coming to Jesus. And so um, I was still involved in those things. But the Lord began to move on my heart and deal with me, um, trying to draw me to him. Um, I had an experience uh, back when I was when I was hit 21. I had an experience where I was on my way out for the evening to engage in things that young men engage in. Um, and my friends, the friends that I was close with at the time, they all had accepted the Lord earlier on in the week at a revival. And they asked me to come to the revival. This is a Friday night. They asked me to come to the revival. And I told them, oh, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to do something else. And they were like, no, man, just just come to the revival. Just come join us. You know, after that, you can go do whatever you're going to do, but just come. And I was like, OK, OK, I'll, I'll go. I'll show up. And so I went to the revival because in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, I'm going to go to this revival. And then once it's done, I'm heading to club. I'm heading to the club because I'm, I'm going to be at the club by a certain time. And, you know, we're going to do what I was going to do at that at that time in my life. Um, got to the revival and the Lord began to deal with me. You know, prior to this, the Lord had been speaking to me, trying to draw me. But at that revival that night, the Lord really began to deal with me. Um, there was a revivalist that was running the revival at the time. I was sitting in the back of the church. You couldn't get any farther in the back of the church. And I was in, <laughs> I was like, the, the, you know, I was sitting there in the exit signs right above my head. So I'm that far back in the church. Um, and the revivalist looked through the crowd and pointed me out at the end of her sermon she looked through the crowd and pointed me out and says, you, young man, you, do you want to be saved? And at that time, God, by his spirit, spoke to me and said, this is it. This is this time. And at that point, I, I'm, you know, again, I'm sitting there. And for the first time in my life, up to this time, the first time in my life, I felt, literally felt the weight of all my sin just landed on me. It just landed on my shoulders. And I felt all of my sin, all of the things that I was doing at that time. And the Lord said, this is your time. And she pointed to me out and says, do you want to be saved? And I said, yes, I, I do. She said, well, come on up here. So again, this is a storefront church. This is not a big church that we're talking about. It's a storefront. Um, so she said, come on up. And I said, okay. And so I started to try and stand up. And it felt like the all it felt like a million pounds was on my shoulders. I just struggled to stand up. And then she said, come on up. And then I started to try and walk toward the front. And I struggled to even take a step just to get going, to get walking up there. All the while I'm walking up there. I was talking to a person 
in church uh, just Sunday, just last Sunday, and he was asking me some questions about spiritual warfare happening in church services. And I said, oh, you need to understand that's real. Spiritual warfare is real and it will happen even in the midst of a church service. So because I, I was experiencing this. So I'm trying to walk forward and all of, the, all of a sudden these voices I'm hearing in my head, don't go, don't do this. You look stupid. You look foolish. People are laughing at you. Turn around and walk out. Just go out. You know you're going out tonight. Just go out. Just do what you're going to do. All these voices, but I just kept pushing my way forward to the front. Finally got up to the front and she said, raise your hands. And again, all this weight, it just seemed like a million pounds was just pressing me down. But by God's grace, I was able to raise my hands up and I prayed with her and she prayed for me and I accepted Christ at that time. Um, the moment I accepted Christ, it felt like all the weight that was on me was just lifted. It just was gone. And, I, and for the first time in my life, and now I realized the first time in my life, I was free. I wasn't free. I thought I was free prior to then. But right now, at that moment, 30 something years ago, I was finally set free. And I've been walking with the Lord ever since. Pastor Michael, thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us. I'm so glad that God not only stole the hearts of your friends in your early 20s, but they dragged you to this service where you indeed felt the weight of the world come off your shoulders when you dedicated your life to Jesus. There's got to be an amazing feeling like no other that you've ever had, right? It, it was a transformative experience. I, I've, had, I've had experiences with the Lord you know, since that time, but Nothing like that first experience that I had with him. Yeah, it was transformative, yes. So just as a recap, you were going to go hang out that night, but your friends dragged you to this revival meeting. So after you'd gone home from this service, did your church-going mom and your nice enough, though not church-going dad, notice anything different about you? The next morning, um, my, when I got up and uh, my mother got up, you know, I, I told her, you know, what had happened to me. And I shared with her my experience. Um, and she just kind of teared up and smiled and says, you know, I, I just thank God I've been praying for you. You know, you could see a, a, a sense of joy in her face, uh, in her eyes. All her prayers that she had been praying for a long time finally had come to pass. You know, her, her child had accepted the Lord. Um, my dad, you know, he was happy. You know, he still didn't fully uh, embrace the the Christian faith himself, but he was happy for me. Um, but my my mother, she was you could see it in her eyes that she was just bubbling up with joy. I'm so glad that you were able to experience that together, Pastor Michael. I'm Mike Lee. Pinch it in for Georgine. More with Pastor Michael Fields next on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. My name is Mike Lee, sitting in for Georgine today with Pastor Michael Fields, the host of the radio ministry, A Word for Life. So here you are at age 21. All of a sudden, you give your life to the Lord. What were your aspirations before then, and what did God change them to? My aspirations before I became a Christian was um, I really didn't have any, any direction. <laughs> you know, I look back at my life now, and I really didn't have any clear direction. You know, a lot of people today, you know, they say they have these ideas of what they want to do and what they want to become. Um, I really didn't have any direction. Um, but after coming to know the Lord, my desire at that particular time just was I just wanted to know more about him. 
I just wanted to know him. Um, you know, I had been associated with the church uh, my entire life. I, I can't remember a time in my life where I wasn't associated in one degree or another with the church. You know, whether it was singing in the children's choir or doing recitals at Easter, whatever the case was. But I wasn't a follower of the Lord Jesus until after I gave my life to the Lord at 21. But after that, I just wanted to know the Lord. I wanted to know who he was. I wanted to draw closer to him. Um, and, and I was at a church at the time where the pastor kind of took me under his wing and kind of just walked with me, mentored me in a lot of areas and, and helped me to grow as a man, just, just learning how to be a man, a, a, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ as a man. Um, and so I thank God for the pastor that I had at that time that took the time with me. You know, we, he, he, he need to go somewhere and he just called me up and say, I, I, I need to go to this place. Can you drive me? It wasn't so much that he couldn't take himself or he didn't have other people that could have took him, but he won. And so I really appreciate him uh, investing in my life at that time to just kind of help me along. Pastor Michael Field, it kind of makes me wonder if God had prompted him to take a greater interest in you. Maybe he was not only being obedient to the Lord by doing so, but thinking that he had to shepherd you a little differently, seeing that maybe someday you would become the pastor that you are today. I think back on some of the experiences that I had at that church um, and certain things that transpired. Um, there was a time, there was one particular time I'm thinking about now that you asked that question, um, where he called me up and he laid hands on me to pray for me. He had other elders that were in the church at the time. They all came up and laid hands on me and were praying for me. Um, and that had never happened before with, because I, I, I was at the church for a long period of time. I had never seen him do that with somebody else. I never saw him do that with anybody else afterwards. Um, but he was kind of doing those types of things. And so I, I kind of look back now and say, yeah, there were experiences and things that happened that maybe the Lord did was prompting him to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this young man. Sometime down the road, he doesn't know it. He has no clue about it. But I'm going to call him into my service also. So I need for you to kind of train him up and get him ready for that. Um, at that time in my life, I had no idea of what being a pastor was about. I had no imp desire to even be a pastor. I didn't, you know, have any clue about what it was all about. Um, but then the Lord called me and, you know, I found myself being charged to, you know, minister to him and to serve him and serve his people. And so I thank God for those experiences that at least gave me a start, uh, along this line. Do you think a lot of pastors go out of their way to mentor others, or is it too easy as a lead pastor or as a preacher to just kind of get in your zone and worry about the next Sunday that you aren't as open to lift up those around you? I think that you have a lot of uh, lead pastors who have a lot on their plate. They have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things being asked of them and people pulling at them. But I think you have certain lead pastors that are keenly aware of the responsibilities and the charge that God has given to them. Um, and they have the responsibility of training up the next generation of pastors that are coming up. We have that responsibility. We have that charge laid upon us. Um, I try to tell people um, I, I'm trying to train my replacement. You know, I, you know, I don't know the Lord has me here for right now, but the Lord could call me to go somewhere else. Um, or with my other line of work, the Lord could call me home. 
you know, and so I, I, I try to help people understand that I'm trying to train you up to replace me. I'm, I'm not going to always be here. And so you have to prepare people to step in to whatever role the Lord has for them to, to occupy and serve to the best of their ability in whatever area the Lord is calling them to serve in. And that's part of the, the challenge of pastoring is you're trying to help people come to know the Lord, but at the same time, you're help, trying to help them grow in the Lord. Um, you can't stay stagnant. You have to realize God has called you to him, not just to make it to heaven. There's a work, there's a responsibility that he's asking you to fulfill right now in this world. Um, and so it, it's, it's a challenge. But I think all good pastors, all pastors that are sincere in their desire to do what the Lord is calling them to do, they realize that they have this, this dual road that they have to travel down. So not only do you have a heart for people to know the Lord, Pastor Michael, you're obviously an amazing, gifted public speaker. So what requirements would you see are necessary for someone to be called into ministry? And I'm not necessarily saying a lead pastor and going off to start a church, although that's not a bad thing if the Lord has called you to do so. But are there certain prerequisites or skill sets? I mean, there's this expression that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called, or something along those lines. But are mm-hmm. there certain tools in the tool belt that someone ought to at least have in a minimal sense before going into ministry? I believe there is. I, I, I think that in any ministry, type of ministry that you're going to serve in, the, first and foremost, you need to know that you know the Lord. Um, you need to know that you have a solid relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, you can't serve somebody fully and completely if you really don't know him yourself. And so I think that the first thing that you need to have is a sincere relationship with Jesus yourself. Secondly, I think that you need to know clearly that the Lord has called you to that ministry. Don't, you know, ministry on the outside looks, you know, uh, glossy and, and, and glitzy and all this kind of stuff. And you see people on the TV and it looks so, you know, enamoring and, and, and drawing. But when you get in ministry, you realize it can be tough. It can be hard. You know, people can be difficult. It's not always easy. And and we have people that get in ministry, but then find out how difficult it can be at times, and then they quit. Um, the problem with that is you get people to start counting on you. People start looking to you and relying upon you. And when they see you quit as a leader, whatever ministry that may be in, when they see you quit, um, the enemy is quick to encourage them to quit also. And so you have to have a firm belief and conviction that the Lord did call you to serve in that capacity. Um, now, when you start serving in a, whatever type of ministry is, um, there will be different things that you have to learn, different you know, gifts that God has given you to function in that capacity. Um, and you need to begin to ask the Lord to help you grow in that, whether it's, you know, whether it's public speaking, whether it's uh, serving in a children's ministry, being a children's teacher, whether it's uh, working you know, with uh, older saints, you know, the elderly, um, those that have special needs, whatever area of ministry God has called you to work in, there's a gifting that goes along with that. And so you need to begin to ask the Lord to help you grow in that gifting. Um, and as he does that, you need to be open to learning and listening, you know, to what the Spirit of God is telling you, but also other saints that have served in that capacity. Be open to learning and, and, re- and receiving from them. 
Um, I try to tell people that in, that want to get in ministry, you need to maintain a teachable spirit. You have to maintain a teachable spirit. Never get to the place where you have it all figured out or you know it all. Um, and anytime if you're a public speaker, anytime you think you got your message down pat, you got it down solid, more than likely you're doing it not in the power of the spirit, you're doing it in the power of the flesh. Um, and so you have to always be open and, and, and have a little bit of butterflies in your stomach. Even if you're preaching to the same congregation you've been preaching to for several decades, there needs to be a little bit of butterflies in your stomach um, because you're, you're, you're realizing that if this is going to be any type of successful, if it's going to be successful in any way whatsoever, it's going to be because God is doing it, not me. It's going to be because God is using what he has given me to minister to his people and I'm just a voice. I'm just a mouthpiece. Like, like John said in, in, in the Gospels, I'm just a voice of one crying in the wilderness. You know, it's not me. He must increase. I've got to decrease. More with Pastor Michael Fields next. I'm Mike Lee filling in on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Thanks for joining us on the Georgine Rice Show. I'm Mike Lee filling in for Georgine with the senior pastor leading the Word of Life Bible Fellowship in Tacoma, Washington. That's located on East 34th Street, right by Rogers Elementary School. In addition to his radio ministry, Sunday mornings at 730, A Word for Life on True Talk 800 KPDQ AM, and also on 106.3 FM in East Portland and Vancouver. Good insights from Pastor Michael Fields. It reminds me, somewhere in the Bible, it says that even if you don't have the words, if you pray for the Holy Spirit to grant you the words to say, He will. And I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to friends. Just really bizarre stories where suddenly they were at a doorway and they knew what to say, even though 10 seconds earlier, they had absolutely no idea what they were going to do. They were simply being obedient to God. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you if you are walking with the Lord and, and trusting him to direct you, um, there will be times you will have experiences where you have no clue about what the Lord wants you to do. No clue about what the Lord wants you to say, but you're just walking in faith and you're walking in trust in the Lord. And by his spirit, he will do just that. Give you the words to say or it just give you the heart attitude to receive what's going to be coming your way. He, he prepares you before that. So when it comes, you're ready for it. You're prepared for it. And you can go through it and still be do it in a way that is honoring to the Lord. Of course, all of that goes back to your earlier point, Pastor Michael, of being a lifelong learner of the Word of God and never being content, instead always trying to grow how close we are to Jesus. Yes. Um, I was just sharing with, with uh, people at the church uh, Sunday you know, we were talking about different things in Sunday school. And I was telling them that you never get to a place where you outgrow the gospel. You never get to a place and you can be walking with the Lord for 10, 20, 30 years. Um, and you know the gospel stories over and over again. You know all the stories. You never get to a place where you outgrow the gospel. The need to realize, I need Jesus. I need a living, vibrant relationship with him. And I need to be open to hearing him and listening to him. And receiving from him so that when I face those situations in life where I just have no clue about what to do, I have that living relationship with him. I, I'm open to hearing his spirit. I'm open to hearing his word. And because I have spent time with him in his word, I can know the difference between the voice of the Lord, his spirit speaking to me, 
the voice of the world trying to influence me, the voice of my own flesh trying to encourage me to do certain things, or the voice of the enemy, because I'm, I'm familiar with what God says in his word. And the Lord will never say anything to us that contradicts his word. So we can have that confidence and assurance that whatever I'm hearing and whatever direction I'm receiving, if it lines up with what I have, I know God's word says, I can have confidence in that and operate in that faith and that confidence. Well, the Bible promises us that if we seek God and ask him for wisdom, he's going to allot it to us and his promises don't come back void. And the word of God is indeed a living, breathing thing. So yes. I'd have to agree with you on that, Pastor Michael. I had heard in the past that the people who can spot counterfeit bills the most readily are bank tellers because they had touched so much money physically in their hands, in their fingertips, that they know when something's not the real deal. So similarly, yes. we really need to be in our Bible and praying every single day so that we don't get fooled. And sometimes there are spiritual attacks. Indeed, there are other times that people are well-meaning but they're really off. Yet, if we're in our Bible every day and we're seeking God seriously on a day-to-day basis, I firmly believe the Holy Spirit will give us an inner meter so we could tell if something's on or something's off. And I want to reiterate what you said, that God's never going to go against his word. Yes, yes. God is never going to contradict his word. And and I like what you said earlier just a moment ago. Um because some people can be sincere in what they're saying. They could be sincere in, in, and say with all the passion that they have, but they can be sincerely wrong. You know, you can, sincerity is not a hallmark of truth. You know, so a lot of times people think that because somebody's saying something passionately and with a lot of sincerity that that must be true. Well, that's not always the case. And so we always have to go back to what does God say in his word? What does what the Lord said? Because he's not going to contradict his word. No matter how good the public speaker sounds or how pretty the package is, God's not going to contradict what he's told us in the Holy Bible. So thanks for reiterating that point, Pastor Michael, which I'm sure is a big part of your radio ministry, A Word for Life, heard Sunday mornings at 730 on True Talk 800. So changing gears here a bit, can you tell us where you met your wife? I met my wife uh, actually in a church service. (laughs) You know, we met um, at the time she was attending church. And, um, you know, we, she, she was single and I was single at the time. Um, and I, I just asked her out if she wanted to go out on a date with me. Um, she really didn't uh, know if anything was going to happen. I didn't know if anything was going to happen. Um, we just kind of started going out and, and talking. Um, and, you know, the Lord kind of impressed upon me. I remember it was, we were at a, a gathering together of friends at the time. And the Lord impressed upon me that, you know, to ask her to marry me. Um, and I had no clue um, if she would even even consider the idea at the time. And so I, I know time went on and, and, and I ended up asking her and she accepted. And we've been married now for 18 years. And I thank God for it. Well, congratulations. I'm so happy for you and your wife. Were you a pastor at this time or were you simply attending a church? Oh, I was pastoring at the time. I was pastoring at the time. Um, um, at the time I had... Uh, experienced some things that, you know, resulted in me going through a divorce at the time. So I had been divorced for a while prior to, you know, first going out with my wife, I was divorced. And, you know, at that time I was, you know, uh, raising two little girls. And so I really wasn't um, 
thinking about the whole issue of marriage. My focus was more on raising my two daughters. And as I said, one thing led to another, and the Lord kind of impressed upon me. He said, you know, ask her out. And so I asked her out, and we, you know, dated for a, a season of time, you know, about a year or so. And then the Lord kind of impressed upon me to, to ask her to, to marry me. And so, um, as I said, well, one thing led to another. And, you know, he, you know, this is now, we've been together 19 years, married 18 years. And so, you know, we're still uh, going along, loving each other and serving the Lord. So because you were a pastor, when you asked her out, she knew. She signed on to be a pastor's wife. So <laughs> she must have really loved you and taken this seriously. Uh I think she did love me. I, I thank God she did love me at least that much. <laughs> I don't think she fully understood uh, what being a pastor's wife was about. I think, you know, for her, as well as it was for me, there was a steep learning curve, you know. Um, now, to her credit, um, she has been more more uh, gracious and more um, adept at learning these things and better able to make the adjustments necessary um, than I was. You know, when I first started, you know, so she's dealt with it a lot better than I did. You know, I, you know, early on in ministry, I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of things, you know, wrong that I look back now. It's like, man, I could have did that differently. I should have did that differently. I, I won't do that the same as I did before. Um, but with my wife, you know, she she's been able to adjust and adapt to being a pastor's wife. And now she she handles it with grace. She handles it, you know, with a, a kindness and a, and a grace um, that I really thank God for. A good wife is indeed a gift from God, and I'm so happy for you and your 18 years with your wife, Pastor Michael Fields, the host of A Word for Life, heard Sunday mornings at 7.30 on True Talk 800. And Pastor Michael, if anyone is between churches or not plugged into a church right now, would you like to invite them to yours at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship in Tacoma? Absolutely. Um, If you are looking for a church home, if you're looking for a place to come and worship, and you're ever in the Tacoma, Seattle area, we'd love to have you come visit us. Again, our address is uh, 1024 East 34th Street in Tacoma, Washington. We're by Rogers Elementary School, and we would love to have you come and fellowship with us. You know, we would enjoy spending time with you and getting to know you, um, and and hopefully just kind of worshiping the Lord with you. So, as I said, if you're ever in the the Tacoma, Seattle area, feel free to come in and, and join us for one of our services. Find out all the pertinent information and how to email Pastor Michael directly at onegoodfirefighter at hotmail.com on truetalk800.com at the Difference Makers page. Pastor Michael Fields, thank you so much for what you do with A Word for Life and with the Word of Life Bible Fellowship. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. It's truly been my privilege, my friend. Good times, as always, with Pastor Michael Fields, host of A Word for Life. I'm Mike Lee filling in, and thank you so much for listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.